Hello and welcome back to New Paradigm Healing. This series focuses on ayahuasca-assisted therapy. Our intention is to educate, inform, and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in the Western context. If you want to know more about ayahuasca-assisted therapy and our upcoming trainings and workshops, sign up for our mailing list to be the first one to know about the latest news at avatarhealingarts.com. Hello and welcome to our audience. This is Ayahuasca-Assisted Therapy Podcast, and my name is Nina Itzel, and I'm super, super excited today because I have Adriel with me, who was, uh, you know, one of the pioneers, one of the men who pioneered to do this, this therapy with me, and you know, no judgment here, but normally it's, you know, I, I, I receive a vast amount of women to do this type of healing work, so it, I, I just really wanted to, to reconnect with you um after like more than a year and a half i think that we talked last and and it was actually 2018 when you started this journey and just to hear from you how are you feeling what's going on in your life and uh, and yeah how this you know how the medicine and this healing journey with the medicine just influence your life so thank you for coming i love you it's so good that you are here and uh, how are you doing? <laughs> Let's start with that. How are you feeling nowadays, you know, in this world? <laughs> um, mixture of feelings. Um, first of all, I'm glad to be talking with you again. It's nice to see you. And I love you too. And I'm very grateful for um, connecting with you at the time that I did and being guided through that whole process. Because um, it's definitely shaped. It's definitely had a pretty profound impact on me. Um, it's sometimes hard to even encapsulate into like words, um, but I definitely feel much different. And I feel like I've kind of come into a, a more authentic version of myself since doing that, um, since doing the ayahuasca assisted therapy with you. And I mean, it doesn't really end. The, the journey goes on and you know, I'm learning every day and I'm being challenged just as much as I was before, but I feel much more, comparatively speaking, I feel much more equipped, much more well-equipped to um, respond and to try to um, navigate those situations. I think in part because of being guided to, to more consciously navigate when I was with you. Um, I, right now I'm, I'm in Virginia where I'm, where I was born, where I grew up and I'm working at mom's organic market, the place that I had started working when I came back from Mexico, um, for a little bit, for about three months or so, I went and worked on an organic farm because I thought I might be interested in doing something like that, but it didn't pan out the way that I was expecting. So I'm back at mom's doing something new and just trying to figure out what to do next. Um, I'm not sure yet, but I'm happy to be back there and I'm connected with a lot of good people. And I'm fortunate enough to be in a relationship that I've been in for about six months. Love with that. A, uh, with a very special person who's actually in the other room right now. <laughs> Her name's Jordan. Um, so that's been a really positive like aspect of my life for I think the last time I was in a relationship was about seven years ago so it's been nice to try to um, 
relearn how to be in a relationship <laughs> and hopefully in a more conscientious, grounded, heart-centered way compared to the past. So that's another thing that I've been working on quite a bit. So she's very awesome. helpful in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love to meet her at one point or even just to say hi, you know, and yeah. Yeah, it's it's so great what you're saying, because um, before our conversation, I was looking back um, on the session notes, you know, I just for our audience, we, we have notes after each session that I sent to to my clients. And, and it's kind of like a journal, like a mind map that we are creating. So I was looking back the very first session, you know, when we were talking about your intentions and why you are kind of wanting to embark on this journey. And, and what you said was exactly what you just mentioned now that you did it for self-discovery. Uh, lots of the episodes that I have out there in the podcast is normally I work with people who have some chronic disease. So a lot of people come to me who, who come for physical healing or at least mm -hmm. in their mind is, you know, that's, that's what they want or that's what they believe they need at that moment but you were not sick you were just kind of unhappy with your, your life in general and you said that you just want to dive deep into yourself because you realized that you were searching outside for something and and you realized that you need to go within to find that whatever it is that you are searching for and and um, then you when you verbalize yeah. what is that you are looking for you said is the truth about myself you know and and my life of who I am so just you mentioned this that you feel you step more into that authenticity of who you are and and what this life is about <laughs> you know that just yeah. you know makes a lot of sense because that was your intention to to undertake this journey and to and to discover and to be more comfortable with yourself and and more connected so uh and as you yeah. said you know it's a never-ending journey and and i am on the same journey you know and we all are but it's it's a good um, it's so heartwarming, you know, to hear that that you do feel much closer to that uh, compared to the beginning when you when you set out. And uh, we started the preparation in 2018 in November, and your ceremony was in 2019 January. And, and then we did a one-year integration process. And I remember at the very beginning, you were so emotionally shut down. I hope you don't mind if I share this with our audience, but no, it was no. very challenging for you to connect with emotions and how are you feeling and, and to express them. So yeah. do you want to say a few words about this, that how is it now and how did it change in you? Because you're just like so radiant right now and you are in this <laughs> And I think, you know, that part of not being in a relationship obviously you know when we can't connect when we can't express ourselves or true self it's, it's it's difficult to cultivate deeper intimate relationships so how how do you For feel sure. about that right now um i'd i'd certainly feel a lot more comfortable like overall connecting with my emotions and feeling my emotions whereas in the past i was yeah like you said i was very um very shut down very closed off I think I had a lot of fear of my emotions and how that would manifest itself like if I were to feel them I think it was a fear of like overwhelm and not being able to handle them anger was one of the big ones that we worked with that I had a lot of like preconceived ideas of how it would look how it would be displayed and I think for that reason I wasn't willing to even try to like let that out 
Um, but I think it was other emotions too. I was very mental when I came to you and I, it's still my disposition. I, I'm a very intellectual, like mental person. Um, but I feel more balanced and I feel definitely more confident in, um, allowing emotions to come up when they do. Um, it's, you know, despite it being quite uncomfortable in the moment, I, can attest to it feeling much better after they've moved through. Um, do you have some favorite like strategies or tools, you know, how, how you do that in your everyday life? I think, you know, that our audience would love to hear about that. And especially I think from a male perspective, because I think men even more conditioned to not feel and not to express how they feel yeah. you know co to compare to women so do you have any tricks up on your sleeves that you go to when you feel like triggered emotionally um with anger it was movement and that was something that you helped me connect with um when i would feel emotionally shut down it was i almost felt paralyzed and it wasn't my first it wasn't like my default to then start then to then be like, Oh, I need to go exercise or I need to go yell. Or, um, I think that some of the healthier ways that I learned how to channel anger was like basically like taking advantage of that aggressiveness, but in a more like conscientious way, whether that was like going and exercises running. Um, I'm currently doing jujitsu, which is a cool way to like try to, it's, it's like conscientious aggression as opposed to like um what would be the word destruction right which is also an easy way to channel that um and i've done that in the past where i've just like you know i've i've channeled anger in very unhealthy ways which i think didn't help i think it actually led me to shut down more and more you know, around expressing anger, because I had this association that it had to be destructive, and it had to hurt other people, or it had to hurt myself. Um, but yeah, I think just try to leverage. I mean, it's aggressive, no matter what. So do it in a way that doesn't hurt you, but you know, actually benefits you. So yeah, physical exercise, even yelling, but not in the presence of other people where you could scare them or make them feel unsafe or uncomfortable. Um, Scream into a pillow. That was that one was of one favorite. of the favorite. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one to start with. Punching. I mean, punching. Even punching a pillow. That was something that you helped me, like just to get started on the, on the journey of of just knowing how to deal with that when it comes up. But the one thing I can say, um, wholeheartedly, is that it. You just gotta let it come out. Otherwise right. it's going to, it's going to fester and it's going to turn into something much worse than it actually is. Um, so yeah, just bringing more mindful ways to channel anger so that it's not at the cost of you or your own health or your own safety and not at the cost of, you know, others in the same way. Um, right. As far as some of the other ones, grief is one that I struggle with quite a bit. It's really hard to like really allow grief to come through. And I feel like I've moved on a, a number of occasions. I've, I've more recently been, been able to allow grief to come through. Um, that's a hard one. I think, I think for me, there was a lot of fear that it wouldn't go away. Like it would get too intense or it wouldn't change and it would just get like 
it would get more and more intense and there would be no, like, it wouldn't change. Um, and but I you think know that for that's that, not it just true, right? For sure, for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think with that one, it has more to do with just allowing and trusting that it's, it's gonna move. It, how long it takes is not something that you have control over, but what you do have control over is allowing it to just move in the time that it takes. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one that was a little bit more challenging for me to, to get more comfortable with. I'm still getting more and more familiar with it and trying to allow it more and more. Um, but that was a very intense one for me. Yeah. And I think that's also, as I observe, you know, from therapist perspective, again, this is, you know, much more easier for women, you know, just to cry or be sad or, you know, it's, it's more acceptable and, men have a very strong conditioning that if if you do that if you cry or break down that's some kind of weakness you know and then you are a right. weak you're a pussy or something like that you're not a man yeah. or something like that so right. i think what you are referring to is working through this conditioning to give yourself permission the same way as with other emotions knowing consciously that it is just an emotion and it wants to complete and be felt and be moved. And you know, from your own experience that when you allow this, you know, you feel so much better after and you feel relieved and you feel lighter, you know, and yeah, yeah it's a process. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Yeah. And I can, I can definitely understand the, I had all the associations and I sometimes still have those associations around like, Oh, like, I'm a man, so I'm supposed to be this way and I'm not supposed to feel these things or I'm not supposed to display this emotion or feel this emotion, but that's part of who I am. So I think that um, to cut myself off from any aspect of myself, I'm not actually being who I really am. Um, and I think that there's tremendous strength in being able to express emotions unapologetically in a, you know, in a Absolutely. conscientious way, but just a, a message to any man who's listening to this, that it's not in any way a weakness to express or feel emotion because that's part of who you are. Um, yeah. So true. And yeah, like, so who are you? Because I want to know your, your, what is your definition about that right now? Because at the beginning, I remember that was a big question mark for you. And, and, and you had such a self, such a low self-esteem and self-confidence. And, and it was a huge mm -hmm. blockage that you derived your sense of self from the approval and validation and opinion of other people. So mm. how did that change, you know, in this, this like few years? And, and, and what is your definition of yourself right now? If somebody asks, so who are you as a being, you know? Hmm. That one's still a little tricky for me. Um, <laughs> I think I'm, I think what's, I think for me, most of this, like for the past couple of years, it's been more just, kind of find, like discovering who I am, but allowing that to just, just allowing myself to be who I am um, and to not be so. Versus being who others want you to be, right? Right, like versus trying to be some, like trying to be a certain type of person um, with whoever I'm with. I think I was really skilled at being what I call a chameleon before, um, before starting this work. 
of just being able to kind of like wear multiple masks depending on who I was in front of um, because I was very like I just needed a lot of I felt secure in having the approval of the other person so I think I I would kind of like shape shift to to make sure that I was you know being seen in the like in the right light or being approved of and, and feeling like that was that was my way of getting connection and I think what's happening more now and is continuing to happen is I'm I'm becoming less concerned with how other people are perceiving me and, and I'm doing my best to prioritize just how I'm feeling and just trying to be just honest and authentic, no matter how that comes out and being at peace with it may not resonating with some people. And, mm -hmm. you know, some people may not agree or they may not connect with me and being okay with that, not needing so desperately to, to, um, yeah, have that approval by everyone that I see. Wow. And isn't that a relief, right? For sure. Isn't that a, a huge relief? relief? It's like a, a weight has been lifted of you because I remember that gave you like such a big anxiety, you know, always trying to figure out what the other person wants you to be and behaving in a certain way and, you know, making sure that they they happy with that. And, and so it's, it's a lot of effort, you know, that goes towards this. And we are talking about this because all of us can relate to that. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you stop doing that or do it less and less, it's kind of, it, it, it just comes a relief with this and this relief of anxiety and this relief of always trying to figure out what other people want you to be and just yeah. going within and asking yourself actually, you know, how can I just express who I am right now in this moment and be okay with that. And also what you say, be okay that other people may not approve or may not resonate, which is just okay instead of that desperation that we sometimes feel that we need to please everybody. We are responsible yeah. for their happiness, you know, and for their well-being by, you know, our behavior. And, and, and this is so stressful, you know, to, to live like that. So do you feel that relief in your life and that you are more calm and at peace because you're not so concerned about these things anymore? Yeah, yeah, I feel more grounded and more centered overall because I'm less, um, I'm more self-oriented, not in like a, a self-centered way, but right. it's much less like I think in the past it was, I had put so much energy and so much attention to everything around me, especially people constantly trying to adapt and, and shift. Um, but now it, it feels more just just more grounded in who I am and understanding that I don't have the full picture, but just, um, just a, a more like a healthier, a healthier sense of security and self-worth that, you know, it doesn't drive me to then like get my worth from how other people see me or getting, you know, getting my worth from the approval of other yeah. people. Um, for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it feels a lot, <laughs> it feels a lot lighter and it feels, um, I've, I feel less in my head. I feel like I'm not thinking as much. Like I'm just, mm. I'm just being who I am in that moment and yeah, it changes. And sometimes I can get more heady and, but I think as a baseline, it's, uh, 
my default now is, is much less when I'm trying to be in connection with other people. I'm not coming from my head as much as I am from trying to come from my heart or trying to just, just be as real as I can with someone. And those are the times where I've felt the most connected with people. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And we just had like our last podcast with Dr. Scott, we were talking about this, that the, the, the longest journey is from the head to the heart. And, uh, and we are all on that journey. And it's so good to hear, you know, that you are getting closer and not even closer, because, you know, we are not talking about it here of the, disregarding the head or, or the mind or the ego. What, what we are talking about is what you mentioned before is a balance. You know, it's yeah. a balance between the head and the heart and the body and the gut and our soul or spirit, you know, and, and, and to be in that, that center and that balance, you know, when we acknowledge and uh, embrace all of our parts, you know, including the mind, but the emotions as well, or physical body, even with your body, uh, tell me a little bit about, because that was also at the beginning, you had just this yeah. big disconnection from your physical body. So how does that feel to you right now, mm. your relationship with your physical body? Much, yeah, much healthier. Um, I tended not to really pay any mind to my, to my physical body or like my physical health at one point. Um, like right up, you know, to the point of, of starting the work with you. Um, yeah, I, I feel much more respectful in comparison, like respectful of my like physical needs and my body itself, just feeding it the right foods and, and trying to take more care of it, um, getting appropriate rest and um, just trying to like honor my physical integrity more than I used to. I think that was one of the first things that would get put aside in the past. Um, and I just didn't really treat it with much respect or, or give it much significance as if it wasn't really part of who I was, but it is much, it is very much part of who I am. Um, you know, outside of, you know, like my spiritual journey that I'm, I'm living in a physical body and that physical body is, the reason that I'm here I mean it's it's how I can be in this life and so um Absolutely. it matters a lot how much I take care of it because if I don't take care of it it's not going to take care of me wow I'm just having like goosebumps all over me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like it, it, it is I think one of the best parts of my work you know just to to catch up with people and see how your life changed, you know, in such a dramatic way in a relatively short amount of time, you know, like it's, yeah. it's just, you know, compare, compared to what, compared to all, all your life before, you know, or so, um, yeah, I think what we are talking about is really that self-love and self-acceptance that was, you know, really at the core of your journey and all of our journey, of course, this, this healing mm -hmm. journey. And, and at the beginning, you felt such a tremendous amount of guilt and this happiness, you know, and, and, and just guilt around honoring yourself or listening to yourself or prioritizing yourself it was just so heavy and and um and that's why i think it was so difficult at the beginning just to to um you know act upon what you think is good for you because you felt tremendously guilty about you know putting yourself first and then other people's needs so yeah. how does that look like now that is that shifted you know that emphasis into 
uh, of course, honoring others, but first honoring yourself and this self-love and self-acceptance without that guilt and, and shame uh, that, that sometimes is attached to that because we are conditioned that, oh, if you care about yourself, you're selfish, you know, and that right. you shouldn't do that, you know, you should exactly. sacrifice yourself for other people and, and, and other, you know, things. That's, that's the noble way to go. So how do you see this now in retrospect? <laughs> Um, yes, I was going about it very un, in a very unhealthy way. And I, I resonated with the last part of what you just said. I had, I had associated like being of help or being of service as coming at the cost of my own needs or um, having to sacrifice myself, not really being able to get what I want. Um, yeah, it, it, it seemed like it was whatever, how do I say? I think part of part of the result of that was not having any clear boundaries. So, and not feeling like boundaries were healthy or um, fair, um, like something was wrong with having a boundary. And so, um, yeah, I've I've just I've come to a more balanced perspective on if I can't attend to my own needs, how am I going to be able to? even attend to someone else's if I could. Um, so true. And that it's, yeah, yeah. And that service doesn't have to come at the cost of my own health. Um, it doesn't like helping someone else doesn't have to be a form of sacrifice. I think that's a uh, misunderstood, misguided idea. Um, but that was very much how I had thought about it in the past and I would really disregard myself because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be there for other people, whether it was my family or my friends, um, anyone really. Um, and that would just come at the cost of myself in a lot of ways. And I wasn't honoring myself really at all. So it's brought me, I feel like I've, I'm starting to, the needle is starting to move back into a more balanced idea of, um, you know, whether or not I'm available or if I can comfortably meet the needs of someone else without sacrificing my own needs. I think it's like you said earlier, it's a lot of this comes down, comes down to balance. It's not like one has to come at the cost of another good or bad. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that's that's uh, just for our audience, like it's really part of of all the healing journeys, you know, of everybody's healing journey to come from this sacrifice to, to service. Because as you said, we have kind of fucked up definition, sorry for the word, you know, what does that mean? And, and we associate service with sacrifice that, you know, sacrifice is noble and it's good and that's what service is. But as we know from experience, where sacrifice leads to is anger and resentment. And you know that, I know that everybody knows that if you really look into yourself, that if you keep giving, regardless of your own needs, you're going to just get resentful, you know, in the end and angry because you're going against yourself. And as you said, you cannot give from an empty cup, you know, and true service is really uplifting for all of the people involved, you know, so when you feel full, you 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 naturally want to give and 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 share that fullness and that joy and that love and whatever that is there for you you know with other people and 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 you can you know because you have a lot and and you feel 
happy and grateful to share it and other people feel good about it. So it's an uplifting experience. And I think the idea, as you said, that if I give, you know, it has to be taken from somebody or, or like it's just a given to it's, it's really not true. You know, like what, what's important is that we nurture ourselves. So we have so much that we have access, you know, to give and then it's right. not going to lead to any kind of anger or resentment because um, because we are happy, you know, and uplifted and the other person is happy and uplifted and yeah, I, I, I think that one of these dogma, this conditioning comes from religion that says, especially Christianity has this dogma that salvation is through sacrifice. And I think we touched upon that, you know, in the, in the integration part that it's even if you are not religious yourself, but your ancestry maybe was religious, you know, we inherit beliefs and dogmas. And I certainly had this belief until, you know, I went to, I, it, as a therapist myself, I went to that extent that I got sick, you know, because I would just take on clients and help everybody without receiving, you know, a, yeah. a fair um, exchange and, and ignoring myself and my needs, as you said, until I had to this, come, come to a point of sickness to really, you know, put this into perspective that, okay, now I can't help anybody. <laughs> because right. I'm not well, you know, and that's right. the end of it, you know, so I yeah. think this is definitely that's something that we work on, on an individual basis, but in the collective as well, we need to shift these definitions and this perspective, so we can, we can be in a more healthy relationships um, with ourselves and then with other people, and uh, coming to relationships, you know, one of the biggest change that I feel people experience uh, when they go through this type of transformation is that their primary relationships change, you know, to intimate relationship to close people like your family, close friends. And now you are in this wonderful new relationship as well. So do you can you describe in what way your relationships changed, you know, uh, thanks to the experience that you went through and going through still? Um. Yeah, I, when I got home and I was, you know, starting the integration process, I had some pretty healing moments with both of my primary caregivers, my father and my mother. Um, I think one of the big, a notable event that happened during my, um, during my work in Mexico was just, how do I say? simply expressing more of a boundary with um with my mom because of certain events that had trans transpired but i think it was saying saying no to my mom was a big one for me and honoring what i really wanted to do it was a situation where i felt obligated like i should leave and go back home because there was a death in the family and it was really i mean it was it was someone that was you know, this is my, my mother's dad who had passed away, my grandfather, who I was really close with. But I felt like I was at odds because I went to Mexico because I was, you know, I really was in a place where I wanted to commit myself to, to trying to heal myself and to do certain work that I felt really, um, like I really wanted to do. And so when that, when that situation came up, I was having a really difficult time deciding whether or not to go home 
whether or not to stay. And I knew that I really wanted to stay, but I felt like I should go home. So there was a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure that I felt. And it was hard for me to really honor what I really wanted to do, despite the guilt that I felt for not doing what I thought I should. Mm. Um, so that was a, a pretty transform transformative moment for me. Um, and the other one was when I came home, I've, ex how do I say this one? This is with my dad. Um, just thinking about it, I'm, I'm feeling like pretty emotional. Um, the situation with my dad was it was the first mortal moment that I had with him. And it was this sudden realization that he, I can't, there's nothing that I can do to prevent him from dying mm -hmm. and to like help him. Um, Thank you for your vulnerability and authenticity and just, yeah, showing the moment. Yeah. That one's still very much alive. Right. What is that you have power over? in regarding your relationship with him? Like, do you feel you have power over how you spend your time with him while he's here? What you share? Yeah. Yeah, I think a big moment was being being vulnerable in front of him right. and yeah i just remember um crying in front of him expressing like grieving him There's a reason why this medicine is called the wine of the dead. <laughs> we talk about um, in the podcast, you know, many times how when you go through this transformation and healing, you go through this death and rebirth process. But also I feel that a big thing that changed for me is the acceptance of death, you know, is the acceptance that things going to end, that our body is going to decompose at one point and go back to the earth and we're going to journey, you know, in another plane. 
and um, yeah, and the journey will continue. But but there are things that are ending. You know, all life is endings and beginnings, and and it's a series of endings and beginnings. And I think in the West we are so conditioned of 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 not to concern ourselves about the endings. It's all the beginnings that matter, and the birth is celebrated, and that is something that is not talked about or thought of or very very feared or just you know in this dark cloud somehow wrapped in it and and we feel so uncomfortable even just sometimes talk about it or to feel these emotions as you as you described you know the grief and the sadness and just the idea that you know we may be losing some kind of physical connection with the beloved ones and 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 that that is painful you know because we are all attached to each other and and that's beautiful you know like that's how we are all connected and we all share these things but um do you feel that that um you 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 have more acceptance towards death and towards just you know, in life in general and how things are unfolding in your life and, and, and in life just in general. Yeah, yeah, I feel, um, I feel like I can relax the attachment to a lot of that um, coming into a more like, just more at peace with that reality. Whereas before it was like a, as an unwillingness to accept. So, um, yeah, something that, you know, I'm still working through, as you can see. <laughs> but um, I think that just being able to have that experience with my dad and, and it's just slowly, I think I'm slowly coming into coming to terms with those things and accepting that that's not forever. Um, and that that time will come and, and just being more at peace with that and trying to um, how do I say? I think that that I think that that experience has shifted how I relate to my dad, and I think it's helped in my relationship with him, our relationship as a whole. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, this is a big kind of um, like a gauge point for us, you know, to to see how our relationships change because I think it's 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 one of the primary thing in life that we live for. No imagine that you are super rich and you are alone you know and there is nobody to share all that richness with us it would be pretty lonely and boring experience I think so I think you know relationships are so defining you know and 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 we closely related to not just biologically but you know just in connection and in belonging to groups and people and and obviously our primary relationship is our mother and father or as you said primary caregivers whoever they are or they were and uh, and those relationships kind of define us you know in a big way and and when we start to heal and change and transform those relationships also transform with us and um, so like you know how do you relate like outside of your family in terms of having relationship with men as like friends or as comrades or groups i remember i think you did uh, participate in some men groups after yeah. you know the the and and now obviously you opened your heart to this beautiful romantic relationship that you are having in your life right now so like like 
what do you think changed within you that allowed you to connect and to relate, you know, in a, maybe in a different way or more open way and, and um, create these new types of relationship in your life? I think that it was, uh, I think opening, just being more vulnerable was the biggest, the biggest part of it, which I associate with just having more connection to my heart. Um, but I think being able to express more vulnerable emotions and just to be more vulnerable in front of other people, whether they're men or women. Yeah. Has... And what was the result of that? I mean, when you did allow yourself to be vulnerable, how was that received? It was received with open arms on every occasion. Awesome. I just really want to emphasize that because I think we have such a fear around this. What will people think if yeah. I if I'm cry, you know, or if I whatever, you know, like what they're going to judge me. They're going to not love me anymore. They're going to exclude me. I'm not going to be not. And, and, and so there is like, I think so much fear. And the truth is that every time we do it, you know, it's not, well, let's say 90% of the times it depends on the other person as well. But uh, mostly when we allow ourselves to go there and to be vulnerable, that's what happens, you know, that we are just so embraced and loved and nurtured and supported. And also I think it gives permission to other people to open up on a deeper level and it becomes this kind of mutual opening. Like how was your experience about that? Yeah. Um, Especially with think, men, if you want to share a little bit with your men group experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, granted, I was with I was with other men that were, um, you know, had certain intentions right. and and wanted that. Um, it was it was in kind of like a curated space, right. um, yeah. which it, you know it is important, but it's not to rule out. It's not to rule out um, other situations, but um, yeah, just being in a space of men and and expressing like vulnerability in front of them. There's a lot of fear involved, a lot of fear. Um, but I think being able to, to feel those emotions and to, to be vulnerable only helped in my relationship with men ultimately, because it was well-received. It was, uh, you know, it was met with like a, a lot of compassion and a lot of space holding and, um, yeah, it was a safe space. It was a safe space. And it was met, it was definitely met with like love and acceptance and, and compassion. So um, yeah, I mean, it was really- What's the other side of fear, right? Is is really yeah. love, you know, exactly. and compassion and acceptance. And yeah, as you said, when, when we are making this first uh, steps in vulnerability is is it's good to have a safe place where we are practicing this you know as you said maybe a curated space that are shared with people with the same intention so you don't necessarily want to do that you know in front of everybody because not everybody might be so supportive and understanding but um, I think it's 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 a great uh, beginning, you know, to to open up in these spaces and to experience that, so we can rewire our our mind and our nervous system and move from this paralyzing fear to actually this state of love and compassion and acceptance and surrender and 
vulnerability, as you said. So um, how, how is your, um, like what happened if you want to share just a little bit with your relationship with this beautiful lady that you are seeing right now after like so many years of being like pretty much isolated right in your life so yeah. is there anything you would like to share about that with our audience and give some hope to the people who are listening <laughs> um i think that i think that being more um, being more authentic and more in touch with myself and also being willing to like feel and express emotion has, I think that's the, re I think the reason that I'm now in a relationship. Um, I think that I'm now available to be in a relationship. Whereas before I don't think I was, um, at least not in what I consider a healthy one. Okay. Um, so I think, yeah, it was just uh, on some level, it was just how there was a lot of unwillingness to be vulnerable. I wasn't willing to be vulnerable really in, in a lot of ways that I think are needed for, for a relationship to, to even exist, um, at least a romantic intimate relationship. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I attribute my availability a lot to the work that I've done and it's still, you know, it's still work. Um, you know, it's, it comes with its own challenges and I'm, I'm seeing my own edges and my own, um, you know, my, my own blind spots, but I think that it's been really helpful to, and really just nice to, to share my life with someone else and to, to try to grow alongside, alongside someone else, um, in a healthier definition of what a relationship is. And, uh, it's nice to have um, to have some level of like support and partnership throughout that process. So there, there have been a lot of a lot of rewards, um, and I'm fortunate enough to be in a relationship with someone who's also, you know, has those things in mind. You know, has you know similar intentions or is in a similar space and and wants to have a healthy relationship. So, I mean, that, that's been the biggest part for me. That's awesome. Mutual interests. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things I want to touch on, like one of them is the awareness, you know, so that you have this like permanent awareness. You just mentioned that you are reflecting on your edges and your triggers and whatever is coming up for you. So uh, that's definitely something that is like a permanent feature in your life, this ability to self-reflect and look within and see how am I feeling? Why do I feel this way? Why do I think this or whatever it is, right? And, and also just, you know, the, the taking full responsibility, right? That's just to, to know that you were so beautifully said that to grow alongside somebody, which is for me implies that you are aware that there is nobody can fix you or heal you, but you need to take responsibility for your part. And she's 
taking responsibility for her part and you have this mutual intention and goals towards you know just just being in a healthy loving relationship and both of you are doing the necessary work and willing to do it because you are willing to take their responsibility and I think this is again just a huge shift in your life because at the beginning it was just so much victimhood you know and disempowerment about you know and and blaming uh, uh, others or outside things why you don't feel good and uh, and and now you have this sense of empowerment and um you know um you said uh i think in the last notes that i was looking through that uh you come to a place from being your enemy of being your own healer so mm. how do you how do you feel about this sense of empowerment responsibility recognizing that you are the creator of your experience and and um, you can navigate this you know in a in a much more positive way it's uh i think at first it was i was a bit scared of all like you know like it was a it was a huge frame change i mean it was very to go from like just to place the victim and not take any responsibility to beginning to take responsibility was a big was a big step and i mean at times i felt like overwhelmed like you know because you can't blame it on anyone anymore um <laughs> so now it's just a matter of whether or not i want to do the work um but i think with that it's come with a lot more feeling of empowerment and confidence and compassion toward myself and and other people um and really um, just a greater sense of accountability. Um, I don't even really know how to put it into words, but mm. it's it, to feel, to feel um, like I have control, like not control, but to feel that I have power over. Yeah, that I have power over certain things, um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to really put this into words. Um, it, it's, it's the, it's what I would associate with feeling empowered. That's, Absolutely. that's what it is. Um, yeah, you mentioned at the very beginning of this conversation that you have greater ability to respond in a conscious way versus react, you know, out of programming or conditioning. And I think this is what you're talking about just in different words, right? Yeah. That you have that choice, you have that power within you. And yeah. that is very empowering feeling, right? For sure. For sure. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's just come with a a newfound <laughs> I'm really not sure how to explain this um it's it's revitalizing in a lot of ways and it's hopeful absolutely I love those words yay <laughs> that's so beautiful um, one last question that I had on my mind, and that's about like healing the inner child and this inner child work that that was also something I remember that was ki kind of quite challenging to connect to this part of yourself at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, how do you feel about that right now? And how do you feel, you know, embracing it, it, that that child self or and coming into a more mature 
um, state of being a, a, as a human, you know, emotionally, um, mentally, like spiritually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that going back to what I had said earlier, one doesn't have to come at the other. One doesn't have to come at the cost of the other. I think for me, um, feeling joy and connecting to joy and like the the more playful side and you know all the things all the things that I would attribute to um you know myself as a child I was very shut down from um and that's starting to open up and in part um even in the relationship that I'm in has helped to like usher that back in and allow that to to come out more naturally and authentically. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember when I was working with you, it was like dancing and even dancing or singing and um, just expression, just expression, but trying to express joy and not having a fear of joy or not uh, feeling like I'm not worthy of feeling joy I shouldn't feel joy. Um, hmm. And play, you know, I remember, play. you know, you had a huge blockage around it. You you had this belief that play is a waste of time or something like that, right? Do you recall yeah. that? And because yeah. I was trying to give you these exercises to <laughs> that creativity and that joy and that playfulness and it was like, whoa, no, you know, this is bad. So I'm happy to hear, you know, that it's like more present and more part of your experience now. Yeah, it's much, it's much more present. Um, it's been nice. It just, it's, it's been a source of like a lot of lightness and um, yeah, a lot more joy compared to in the past, just being able to, to not take everything so seriously and to um, reconnect to like, some of the more, uh, I don't know, to, to reconnect to that like childlike behavior doesn't mean that they, that my inner child has to be driving the bus, is I guess what I'm saying. And I think, I think that had something to do with it. it was like, I can't have any part of that like coming out because I need to be serious and <laughs> I need to be I need to be seen as this, but. Um, that's not all of who I am. Um, that's part of who I am. And it deserves to be there as much as any other part. And it only like, it only elevates the entire, you know, the, the whole, it doesn't, it, one doesn't have to come at the cost of the other. I love it. It's so beautiful. Um, you know, being through these experiences, like, uh, and knowing that you are your own healer, and, and you are the only person who is, you know, changing your life day in, day out. Uh, how do you, how do you support yourself just in everyday life? Do you have any particular practices or tours or community or friends? Like, what, what, what is that you draw from, you know, in those moments when, when you need some kind of space holding and support? Or, or do you want to share any practices that, that you like, you know, that people can maybe use in their own life to help themselves to stay centered? <laughs> yeah, um, for me, it was um, breathing. I think it started with just trying to be more aware of my breath 
and I've more recently started um, a meditation practice every day, which I typically do in the morning, but that's also helped to, it, it's, it's helped me to just allow more instead of resist. Um, I think that, yeah, that that's been one of the biggest practices for me is just allowing and trying to, to be more surrendered and, um, and not just trying not to fight when I'm feeling a certain way or, um, yeah, just trying not to resist as much. So the meditation's helped a lot with that. And for anger, it's been, um, jujitsu has been great for me because it, it's a way that I can channel that aggression, but in like a more responsible way. And also with men, which is, you know, another step that, right. you know, I'm working on just in terms of like the, you know, masculine aspect, but any form of exercise before jujitsu is going to the gym. Because for me, if I would get too in my head, um, exercise would help to release that stress or get me out of my head and get me to feel more grounded. Um, so yeah, I mean, meditation and physical exercise, no matter what that is, has, have been two really positive things in my life on top okay. of friends, on top of friends, you know, close relationships, um, I haven't been as active in the men's groups as I was before, but I'm currently in the process of, of joining uh, another group and trying to connect with other men that are, you know, in a similar, a similar space or have mutual interests. Um, and that's, Do you still journal? Yeah. Do you still write things down? I was talking about this this morning with uh, with Jordan. I haven't, and I've always noticed that I have a lot of resistance toward it. And um, I would like to start just very, very simple, maybe 10 or 15 minutes mm. every night at the end of the day, just journal. Um, we, were, we were just talking about how it's, uh, for me, it's, it's like I'm almost, I feel like I'm writing for someone else or there's this, I bring a certain level of expectation to like the quality of my journaling, um, which undermines, you know, all the benefits that I can have. So I think that would be a, I think for me, that would help a lot to just kind of like, you know, mind dump, release, <laughs> release some of the, you know, what had happened that day instead of just keeping it, keeping it in my head. Right. Thank you for sharing. And I think it's, it's huge, you know, that what you described from moving from that space of control to this surrender and this allowing. And I think especially even more significant for men who are really conditioned to be in control, to be in control all the time, to be, you know, control of your life, of other people's life, of, you know, everything around you. And, and, and at the same time, conditioning saying, if you are not in control, then you are weak, then you are useless, that you are, it's not good, right? right? So, so to move through all that, you know, and find this more surrendered space, um and and just allow yourself to be in that space i think it's 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 wow it's just amazing you know that that is that is a huge feast you know to do in general and i think for men in particular even more than for for women who i think we tend to have a little more permission you know to 
to, to surrender and to be in that space. When you say that you surrender and you are in the allowing, what do you surrender to or who do you surrender to? Or is there something that you surrender to? Or like, wh what does that mean to you? Because a lot of people, I think, understand this word in many different ways. Yeah. Um, in the context that I was saying it when I'm when I'm meditating, it's I think this the, the simplest way for me is like trying not to control my breath is probably like that to me, like to just like not even try to intervene and just trust that my breathing is going to happen automatically. But um, yeah, like when when I'm in that when I'm in that space and I'm, I'm doing my practice, I can tell like if I'm if my mind is occupied or I'm stressed out, it's like I'm focusing on trying to control when I breathe in and when I breathe out instead of just trusting that I'm going to breathe and really just like take the back seat. Um, that's what I like. That's what's helped me to surrender to like in that space. But um, outside of that, just surrender to the situation, surrender to the feeling, surrender to the um, present moment, <laughs> whatever is there. Yeah, to, to what's happening, to just allow whatever's happening to happen um, right. and, and not trying to, you push, know, it, push against it or control it. Yeah. And just one, one thing that I, that comes to my mind when you say that, you know, with men in particular, it's about control and like, we have to control things. I think what might be really helpful is like to reflect on what you truly have control over. You can't, <laughs> You can't control your emotions. You can't control how other people respond to you. Um, so it's great. I mean, control is a positive thing for, you know, for what the domain of control is. So I would just encourage anyone to just think about what, what do they truly believe they have control over and just <laughs> stick to trying to control those things. That's so wonderful. Thank you for bringing this up. It reminded me of one of the roadmen who I work with. And he said that the only thing we have control over is to turn the button of volume on a radio or something. <laughs> like that, you know? And that's about it, you know. So it just reminded me of that. And, and it stuck in my mind, you know, as an example of that. Yeah, how much is this an il illusion that we have control and especially, you know, this this uh, day and age what's going on in the world and stuff like right we can see that even more so exactly. that's wonderful um um how is your relationship with the divine you know like that like what is spirituality means for you and how do you bring that into your life for this connection your personal connection with the divine whatever that means to you um compared to you know before and and now hmm. um i think growing up with like a judeo-christian background in the united states probably shaped my psyche in some way that i don't even know um but i think going in i would I had perceived God as so much outside of myself, however I defined God or divinity, right. so much outside of myself and hierarchical and um, uh, 
I think more so now I've with the things that I read and um, you know this like the spiritual resources that I use and and um, like channel books that I read or you know other other sources course of a course in miracles which I've been meaning to read but it's very a very slow chipping away um, has has reshaped and reframed how I see what, like, however we define God. And um, I think that, hmm, how do I say it? It's, I don't feel so separate, I think is the big thing. I don't feel so separate from what I perceive as, as God. I see myself as um, a drop within the ocean that is God. So it's maybe like an individuated aspect, but not separate. It's still part of that. It's like a distinction within a greater whole. Mm. I have shivers all over me. And that, that is so cool. Absolutely. Yes, we are always saying we are divine. We are everything is divine. Everything is spiritual. And um, sometimes we are disconnected from this or conditioned to believe that it's something outside of us. But I, I do um, agree with you. That is my experience, you know, as well, that, that we are connected with everything, with that divinity, you know, and, and that source energy that creates everything. And uh, I think it's so beautiful to, to come to this realization because I think that especially that Judeo-Christian um, kind of conditioning that tells you that there is original sin and there is something wrong with you. And there is a lot of shame and guilt around this. And, and we grew up thinking that we are some sinners, you know, and we are bad, yeah. you know, and we are, we are um, just, just somehow, you know, like broken in some way. And I definitely did think that. And, and to come back to this truth, for me, it's truth that, no, we, I am divine, you are divine, we are all divine, you know, and the animals are divine, and the plants are divine, that, that helps us to come back is, to this original state of innocence, and to know that we are, you know, part of that perfection, and that divinity, and, uh, and it's, it's the contrary, it's true, not that there's something wrong with you, but you are yeah. God you know, and maybe some people will be triggered by this. This is my personal perspective. So if you're triggered, don't take it personally, but that's what I believe. And, you know, you can use another word. You can say the universe or source energy or, you know, great spirit, whatever uh, works for you. But we are, what we are talking about, it is that that energy and that essence, you know, that permeates everything and that connects and creates you know this physical reality where, where we live in so thank you for that that was so beautiful yeah. and uh, yeah is there anything that you would like to share with our audience like if you have a message to humanity right now something that you think you can you know that can help people uh, right now or you want to just really put it out there this is the time for that <laughs> Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I think the one, if there's one takeaway that I've, um, that I've come to really appreciate, um, is something that you had reminded me of during our work together. And that was 
that I can't heal it till I feel it. So I think that's the, that's the crux of my whole experience um, with ayahuasca assisted therapy and my encouragement to anyone who's seriously considering, um, you know, starting their own journey or starting to, you know, step into reflection and introspection is, uh, and to men, for the men who think that, you know, either they're afraid of their emotions or they have a, you know, a preconceived idea of what masculinity is, um, what being a man is, I can, I can say that there's great strength in, in feeling and expressing emotions and that, um, yeah, the only way out is through. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, that's so wonderful. And hear it from you, it's even more powerful. And thank you so much for, for coming today. I, I really so appreciate it. And um, yeah, for our audience, stay tuned for our next episode and our current offerings. You can go to avatarhealingarts.com. If you're interested in ayahuasca assisted therapy, please connect with me for a free consultation. And you can also download my book from Amazon and from my website, also through my website, which is called Heart Medicine, Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy and the Integration Process. And also we have a new space that we are sharing with another sister of mine. It's, it's a workshop, it's a half a day workshop that we run every month called, called Healing the Mother Wound. So it's healing our relationship with the feminine and with the emotional aspect. And this is both for men and women. So far, only women showed up. So I really want to put it out there that it's for all of us. It's not just for women because we all have a mother and we all have a feminine side and we all have emotions as we talked about it today. So yeah, if you want to tune into that, that's on my website as well, avatarhealingarts.com. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel where this video will be posted, Healing and Awakening with Nina Itzel, just to get all the fresh videos and meditations and everything we are putting out there, lots of free content. And I hope you enjoy that. And uh, yeah, I'm sending my love to all of you. Thank you, Adriel. Lovely to have you here. So good to reconnect. I Thanks love for having you. Me. <laughs> it's great Thank to see you, you. again. Okay. Um...